Father, we thank you that we've been able to be here at camp meeting this week. We thank you that we have the opportunity to work with your kids. Now, we ask in a special way that your Holy Spirit can be with us, especially with me, that people can hear the words you want to hear, not just the words that I say. We ask this in thy name. Amen. So, what is discipline? Discipline is helping pathfinders develop self-control, setting limits, correcting misbehavior. It's also encouraging pathfinders, guiding them, helping them feel good about themselves, teaching them how to think for themselves. Discipline is not to be confused with punishment. Somebody said discipline is doing what needs to be done even when you don't want to. I remember looking through materials for a uh, presentation on March and Drill for the Pathfinder Leadership Award, and in there it talked about how usually clubs who are good at March and Drill are good at a lot of other stuff too. Because in there they learn teamwork, they learn you know, this idea of doing what needs to be done even when you don't want to. Now, just a few moments ago, I, I took a survey of how many of you had exercised this week. Is there anybody here who raised their hand who exercised this week that really didn't want to? Okay, <laughs> okay, and, and I'm seeing about half of the hands, and I, I, yeah, and mine was up on that one, okay, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, but, so, if you did it, and you really didn't want to, why did you do it? Good for you, because you need it, okay, yeah, and Somehow, our kids need to learn that sometimes there's a connection between doing stuff that needs to be done, even when we don't want to do it, uh, because there's benefits down the, down the road. We do have to set some limits for our kids. And you, here we have a cartoon that says, and the biggest mistake was, somebody's getting the Mistake of the Week award, uh, not every mistake deserves punishment, you know. But our kids do have to learn some, you know, sometimes we have to acknowledge mistakes and, and talk about them and correct them. But we don't necessarily have to punish everything. Or, And there are some, th some things that have their own natural consequences. Uh, I remember we had a field trip planned. We were going to the Meyer Gardens and to see the butterfly exhibit and people were working on the butterfly on her and uh, we were going to be leaving at whatever time Sunday morning and uh, have your signed permission slip uh, from your parents etc and two kids came yeah, they were from the same family without their permission slip And fortunately, I had another staff member 
They, I mean, and mom and dad just dropped them off and they're gone. And fortunately, I had another staff, and he wasn't an extra staff member, but he said, so they can't go, right? He says, yep. He says, well, you've got enough kit, you've got enough adults for the, for the ones that are here, so I can just take them home. And he took them home. And they were disappointed. And you know what? Learning took place. That was a natural consequence. They had wanted to go. And now they knew that if they were going to go on stuff, they weren't, couldn't depend on their folks to do the permission slip. They still needed to get it from them. But now it was on, they recognized, if I'm going to go, I have to get the slip from them. They, I can't just take it home. I have to get, them, get it signed so I can hand it in. So, how do we set limits? Well, do we want to start out with a long list of stuff? No, because the kids don't want to read it. Guess what? Staff don't want to read it either. Right? Let's start with just a few rules because the more you have, the harder it's going to be for your children and staff to remember them. Be sure you know why you're, you say no. Sometimes we have to say no. As a leader, we have to keep our kids healthy and safe. Uh, we need to help, our, help them learn how to get along with other people and sometimes we have to explain our reasons for saying no, and we want our kids to understand what the reasons are. Here we find somebody at the reference desks uh, being informed, you'll find classroom discipline in the three easy lessons in fiction. Somebody has said that, that uh, if you take your dog to obedience training, most of the training is actually done to the human. Discipline is almost always learned over a period of time. So, another part of setting limits, give the pathfinders a voice. Uh, you know, they need a chance to tell you what they think and feel. Uh, if they help make the rules, they're more likely to obey them. And we need to understand their point of view. Um, but just because you listen to them doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to agree with them and change the rules. You can set a lot of limits together, though some may be set by you alone. Let's face it, in a good Pathfinder club, it's not a democracy. In a good one, we have a benevolent dictatorship. Okay? Not a malevolent dictator, but a... a, a a benevolent, a benevolent dictator. Um, now, pardon? The universe is not a democracy. Are you? You're telling me this? It's not. So what do we have in the universe? We have free choice. Okay. So here's another cartoon. As these guys in this baseball team that are looking pretty well 
pretty well exhausted and everything. And the guy says, here's the problem, coach. We're all out of this. And it's the hustle container. <laughs> okay? Now, remember a little bit ago, I, I commented about how uh, you, you brought up about march and drill. As, as memory serves me, uh, one of the first requirements to getting that honor is to list some of the benefits of doing it. And one of them is what some call esprit de corps, which is a French, and, and I'm, I'm not great at French pronunciation, but it really what it means is the spirit of the body. Uh, and if you get a, a group of kids who learn to work together in teamwork like a drill team should be, uh, they, they will develop a sense of being a body, that they are a unit. And a part of that, something that will come along with that, is they don't want to let somebody else down. And so, and out of that sometimes can come the hustle that they're, that they're missing right here. That's just one of the indicators of an organization's health. Communicating clearly is another very important part. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Be clear about your limits. Now, you know, if you say, uh, we want you back, not, and now don't be too late when you come back. What does that mean? What is too late? You know, you might have a totally different idea of what too late is compared to him, and you're in the same club. And their kids are going to have a lot different idea. Okay? But when you say 11 o'clock, now we have some clarity. So, we're going to look at five C's of discipline. I'm going to look at them individually. Clarity. That's a really cool uh, butterfly that you can see through, the wings on it. Be clear when you set rules, rights, and limits. Don't assume club knows the rules until you've talked about them. Be sure your club understands why these rules are being made and the consequences for breaking them. Involve your club as much as possible when you make them. Have them written out and make sure each Pathfinder can sign them and take them home. We need to be consistent. Consistency might be boring, but it, there, there can be some benefits. Now, I'm curious. Those of you who said you've exercised this week, did anybody do something that really wasn't exciting? You did. Why? Isn't exercise supposed to be exciting? Sometimes it is. You're teaching elders something that they needed to do. To continue to do it to prevent falls, like okay, like it Virginia. Regular, okay. Sometimes we need to be consistent. I, I've. Um, like I've mentioned to you before, at work I sometimes will listen to stuff um, through earbuds, and um, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts, and I've listened to uh, some on the topic of exercise, 
And um, what, it seems to be that one of the keys, you know, well, let me back up. Why do you think most people choose to join a gym frequently in the month of January? January is, is the biggest, biggest reason, weight loss. And what do you think is the biggest hindrance for most people to achieve weight loss? Pardon? They're stubborn? Oh, summer? Well, I think he came out with it here. Consistency. You need to be consistent over time. You can show up and, and go through some really incredible workouts in January. Are you still doing them in February? You should be. Uh, but a lot of people will drop out because it's not exciting enough. Consistency wins the game. That's Remember the old tortoise and the hare? The tortoise kept at it. Now, be consistent when you're enforcing rules. Stick to the consequence that's been established for a broken rule. Discipline will be more effective if your children have been involved in establishing them. And if a change needs to be made, let's talk about it before it's broken. And you know what? As kids get older, they are ready for expanded rights, and, and we can adjust their limitations. Talk about, you can talk about this stuff frequently. Uh, is this rule fair? Encourage your club to come to staff meeting, to, to the staff when they need help. Uh, and we want to ex express respect to our kids in all that we do. Here the little kid says to his mom, how come when you say we have a problem, I'm always the one that has the problem? Caring. Use encouragement and support, not just discipline for broken rules. Praise your pathfinders when they follow club rules. When a rule is broken, criticize the action and not the pathfinder. Follow up swiftly when a rule is broken. Stay calm and carry out the consequences your pathfinder expects. Make sure the consequences are appropriate for the broken rule. You know, um, what, what consequences are appropriate? I remember we had, uh, when I was the director, teen snow outing was something that not everybody could go to just because they were a teen. And I remember one year we, uh, when we had the enrollment in August and everybody got the calendar, um, it, it listed the last date to sign up for teen snow outing, which was like December 18 or something like that. And at that time, you needed to have filled out the form, have the check, or cash, and have at least, I think it was 80% of the possible points up to that point. And uh, that year, I remember on, and it may not have been the 18th, but we'll use that number because it comes to my mind and I'll stick with it. Uh, we had a club meeting that night, and before the meeting, the secretary no, no, the, the deputy director came to me because his wife was the secretary. He says, Dave, 
Um, this thing about the uh, 80% for uh, going to teen snow outing. Um, he said, uh, now is that having the, the points when they get to the meeting or by the end of it? And I said, this must be important for somebody. He said, well, as a matter of fact, yes, it is. And because his wife was the one that was doing the numbers and she, she had done the computations and uh, spreadsheets are handy for these things. And uh, I says, well, and, and I went to the, the, what I had handed people out, that they were to have the 80% by that meeting. He says, okay, that's all I needed to know. Now we know. The line is drawn, and they're either on one side or the other. And so I was a little surprised when I got a phone call from, uh, and this is a number of years ago, but some of you might remember the names. I got a call from Edie Ellis. She was Terry Dodge's secretary. He was the conference pathfinder director. And um, a loose paraphrase of that um, Dave, Brother Smith is here uh, to pay for his son's uh, attendance at the teen snow outing. And I said, oh really? Uh, his son isn't going. Well, his dad thinks he is. And I says, no, he's not. He did not have the, enough points by the right time. He says, okay, I'll let him know. And uh, I ended up being at Brother Smith's home to explain how this worked to him. And Brother Smith's son was greatly disappointed. And I also uh, had a chat with, with young uh, Brother Smith. And uh, I pointed out to him that for the upcoming um, honor uh, backpacking trip, you also needed to have 80% of the points to go on that. And so he was not in a position to lose any. And uh, so he said to me, well, is there anything I can do for extra credit? And I said, like what? Ah, ah, ah. I says, Think about it, come to me with ideas, and maybe we can work something out. But see what, see what ideas you can come up with. And all of a sudden, he was never late, and he was there about the same time I was, and he was setting out all the flag and guide on stands and everything, and he ended up reorganizing the Pathfinder Library. <laughs> he figured out, um, the, and it's the bookshelf that your mom bought for it, okay? But he, but he got everything organized on it um, and some other stuff. Uh, he figured at that time you were supposed to have a working demonstration for the fair. So he figured out what to do for it, and, he was, and he was going to do it. And... Uh, you know what? He ended up having fun. 
He missed going to team snow outing. But he learned. He learned because there were consequences. Now, here we have an illustration. It says, for a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam. Please climb that tree. So we've got a goldfish. We've got an elephant. We've got a penguin. We have a monkey, a bird. Is this a seal or a, or a sea lion? And what, what, what was this one here? Is that a dog? Some, whatever. Some sort of a critter. Okay. Do we expect the same from everyone? Why not? We learned yesterday that we're all unique. We have different abilities. That's right. Create a sense of social responsibility. Let your pathfinders know you expect moral behavior like honesty and fairness. Set an example and promote your pathfinder sense of self-respect. We want our kids to, by the grace of God, I will be... You know what? That's a lot right there. Really, that's a lot. And then we add on, I'll keep the Pathfinder law. Yeah. You know, if you build your rules around those two items, the pledge and law, and, and, and you mean that is, tell them you expect you, you, you expect them to live by the pledge and law. And you need to live by it too. Some, now, I hate to break the news to some of you, but there's a chance that one of your kids might be, misbehave sometime. And let's face it, there are some kids that just want attention. How many of you have ever heard of the law of the soggy potato chip? Nobody's heard of that one? Oh, you got it. Okay, so let's take the kids in your club, and I don't care if it's adventurers or pathfinders. Most of them, if you ask them, you're out doing stuff and, you know, and, and you've been doing stuff for a while and, uh, and, and you're done with whatever the activity is and you ask them, would you like some potato chips? They're probably going to say, yeah. Because guess what? Most kids <coughs> like potato chips. A lot of adults do too. Matter of fact, I think most of the ones kids eat and are bought by adults. <laughs> and I'm not complaining about if people eat a few potato chips here and now, here and then, okay? Now, if you offer them a choice, if you find out they're interested in potato chips, if you offer them a choice between a fresh bag that has not been opened or a bag that's been open in a hot, humid day, all day, which one do you think they're going to choose? They're going to go for the fresh bag. But if the choice is between the bag that's been open for a while 
and nothing, a lot of them will take the soggy potato chip. Okay? That's how it is. Okay? Sometimes if kids aren't getting enough good attention, they can figure out ways to get attention that aren't good. This is the law of the soggy potato chip, okay? Sometimes a kid's, the, the, their bids aren't real subtle. Some of them just want to test whether staff will enforce rules. I remember one time, uh, the first club I had here in Michigan, we were reviewing them at the Camporee, brand new club, and we're just coming together. And, and I don't remember what the infraction was that we didn't want. And I don't remember what the punishment stated for it was. I don't. But there was, it, it was clearly lined out. And I had one kid in less than 15 seconds of them both being announced call my bluff. And after I picked my chin up, I says, you know what to do, do it. And he did it. He, he wanted to, he was finding out, did I actually mean it? And he found out. I, I, you know, it would have been unfair to me to disappoint him. Right? Unfortunately, for some of our kids, there's going to be a different set of expectations between school or Pathfinders and their home. And when there is a big difference, frequently they're going to have a little difficulty understanding the rules, and some of them are going to try and assert themselves in their independence, and especially if they've been rewarded for their misbehavior with staff attention. So know that these things can happen. Now, can rules cover every possible circumstance? Probably not. So the concept of insubordination and Christian love are going to be need to be reflected in our rules. We need to have some proactive strategies. We want to take action before a situation gets out of control. Help Pathfinders understand how their actions affect the rest of the club. And we want to have clear and consistent rules. Be a motivator for a good, not just somebody that's out to enforce stuff. So, should club discipline be the responsibility of only one staff member? Boy, I, I heard an immediate response on that one. And it was nope. So, maybe, and different clubs are going to be set up different ways, and a really small club, maybe a half dozen or less, things are going to be different than if you have 60 or 100 kids. And, it, and sometimes in a club where you've got uh, in the bigger club, uh, people are going to be sent to their counselor uh, to get directives and, and some of that kind of thing. So, what do we do when the rules are broken? 
Here we have this guy standing in front of the judge and he's with his head down and his attorney looks up and says, Your Honor, I'm not saying my client is innocent. Just a perfect representative of the fallen race of man. Let's face it, we all have imperfections. We all make mistakes. So what are we going to do when rules are broken? Well, stay calm. If we need to, sometimes we're going to have to contact the Pathfinder's parent. Do something that makes sense and will help them learn not to make the same mistake again. And this is one of those occasions that you can pray with an individual Pathfinder. There are some people that feel the need to be in control. Remember we talked about some of the different temperaments yesterday. Some of them uh, really, really, really want to be more controlling of kids than others. God has specifically designed us so that nobody's going to have a remote control for us. So what are we going to do? Well, we want to establish rapport. Now, just last hour, wasn't that on the list of things that you wanted to do? If you're going to lead a child to Christ? There's many reasons for, for doing that. Go and establish rapport. Establish yourself as an authority. At first, we're only going to ask kids to do things that can be enforced. And, make re and some of this is just general parenting information, which some of our kids, their parents don't know how to do. I, I'm being a little blunt here but I'm going to call a shovel a shovel. Um, we can't make too many demands upon a kid. A lot of times, when you're giving kids directions, you're not going to give them a list of four things to do. For a lot of our kids, you're going to, you're going to give them two things. It says, you do these two things, and then come back, and then I'll tell you what the next two are going to be, okay? For some, it's going to be one, Okay? I'm calling you. You're laughing, but 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 you know what I'm talking about, okay? Okay. After our kids learn to respond to requests that, that are easily enforced, we can begin asking them to do things that aren't quite as easy to enforce. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent in following through on the requests made of children, the methods of discipline. The staff need to be consistent. Um, we've, all, we've all seen where kids, uh, maybe dad said no, so that then they'll go ask mom and hope that she says yes. Hopefully that isn't going to be happening in your club. There should be consistency between home and club in terms of expectations. There isn't... It's not always going to happen. I hate to be the one to break the word, but that's true. We want to avoid conflict. And sometimes planning the program carefully can take care of that. How, what, what do I mean by that? Don't give kids a lot of dead time. Keep the program moving. Now there's always, you know, let's say we start out with a devotional and... Um, 
and you, you're going to take attendance and some of this kind of stuff. And then maybe you break up into groups by units or maybe it's by classes to work on AY stuff. And there's always going to be some kids that get done, get done with this, whatever you're doing quicker than other kids. We can't have a big gap between when the first person gets done and the last one without having something. You've got to have something for the kids to do or they'll find things to do we don't need them to do. Believe it or not, I've actually seen it happen. Um, but if you plan your program to, to keep things moving uh, so you don't have a lot of dead time, that can help a lot. Define limits. Now, here's some really simple, simple, broad characteristics for limits. You may not hurt yourself. You may not hurt others. You may not hurt things. That covers a lot of territory. Pardon? Don't be destructive. We need to help them learn to make good choices. Anticipate difficulties. Sometimes, uh, you know, after a meeting, you may want to have a short staff meeting and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what went wrong here, how can we avoid this, you know, and what went right, and can we, can we do it again or not? Pastor Harris talked about touching. That can be a big factor for some of our kids. And sometimes, you know, he talked about giving a kid a, a side hug. That falls, or a high five. That falls under the category of hypodermic affection. Just to give them a little shot of it. Sometimes we, they, they get, somebody gets too focused on doing one thing and we need to get them diverted into what they're supposed to be doing. Sometimes pointing out reality, you know, if you keep doing that, this is going to happen. There are natural consequences. Sometimes under natural consequences, we, we point out that, okay, if you're going to do that, you're going to end up all by yourself. Or like the thing I told, talked about with that, with, with Brother Smith's son, uh, privileges were withheld. Praise the positive. Sometimes we need to ignore some of the little negative things that happen. First ask, is it destructive to this child to ignore him? Is it destructive to property of the group? So there's a couple kinds of reinforcers. We can have the social things, the smiles, word of praise, the hugs, non-social, points, raisins, stars, whatever it happens to be. Don't go moralizing. Criticize the act. Somebody does something wrong, not the person. Why did they do it? How many of you are good at mind reading? Okay. Sometimes... We, we can have some ideas as to why they do things. But some, I think I mentioned before, the first club I had, one of the kids was misbehaving, and I was about to get on him. And the boys' counselor says, just take, just take him out there and talk to him. So I did. We went out and talked, 
about what he was doing wrong, and all of a sudden, I found out what was going on. It, it, yes, he was misbehaving, but this other kid was the one that was actually starting it all, and I wasn't catching him. We need to be positive. Now, by ha when Jonathan told me to take the kid out, that helped the kid save face. A hands-off policy, we're never going to have the ceremony of the laying on of hands on the posterior, okay? We don't do that. Be an example. Remember we want to live by the pledge in law? Mrs. White said, if parents desire to teach their children self-control, they must first form the habit themselves. The scolding and fault-finding of parents encourages a hasty, passionate temper in their children. Has anyone ever seen evidence of that? I have. When I hit this slide, I think of Felix. No idea what Felix's last name was. No idea. I uh, met Felix at camp meeting. I was in primary department. So you know this is a while ago. Because I, I was in the primary, when I was a primary. Okay, this is a while ago. This is a long time ago. This is when Minnesota camp meeting, this is after, long after the Anoka camp meeting. This is at Mission Farms. And my mom uh, was in the primary department at that time, and uh, I later learned from her that, that, that this little kid don't know a lot about him, other than the fact that he was just way out of control. He was just way out of control. And my mom, I remember her talking about how uh, they, they had staff meetings after everyone, you know, what are we going to do the next time, and uh, all this kind of stuff. And they got to where everyone, they were praying for him. That's what they knew how to do, you know. Everything they were trying wasn't working, but that's the one thing they knew how to do. And they didn't quit doing that. We can always do that. Now, I have even warned some of the kids in my club that I reserve the right to pray for them at any time in their life that I choose. Okay? So, you two still fall under that. So, you, you, you're warned. You've been warned. It can happen. Establish a few rules. We want them simply stated. Respect yourself, respect others, respect property. Need to post the rules. Send or give a copy to the parents. Probably when you, at the beginning of the year when you're starting up and you've got registration, this stuff can be in it. Discuss things in details at the first meeting so everybody knows what's going on and you review it as needed. Sometimes you end up getting in a, dia in, in a dialogue with somebody. So Jerry, is, 
he's a pathfinder, and he was asked to help clean up the campsite, but he's off playing a board game. So the leader says, Jerry, what are you doing? Nothing. The leader says, Jerry, what are you doing? I'm just playing the game. Now, is playing against the rules? No. Okay. So, Jerry, what should you be doing? Nothing. Jerry, what should you be doing? Uh -huh. Jerry, what should you be doing? You know, sometimes... <laughs> have you heard that? Yeah, yeah. So, that one's sort of related to the broken record dialogue. You know, please put the tent in the truck. Going to swim, please put the tent in the truck. Let me go swim, please. Please put the tent in the truck. But my mom said I could go swimming. Please put the tent in the truck. I want to... Sometimes, sometimes they're testing you. So, a written warning can be given without a lot of fireworks or lots of comments. I've heard of people, clubs, where they have caution tickets. And if I were a club director, I would have one of my TLTs put this together, get, you know, go, go, to the, go to Staples or your favorite office supply place and get one of these kits for making your own business cards and say, hey, I want you to make up caution tickets that say something like this on them. Yeah, ooh, in yellow or red. Why yellow or red? So what would the color yellow mean? Yellow would mean caution. <laughs> so red would, you would get a yellow one before you would get a, so, so might that lead to something? So many yellows lead to a red? Okay. Now here's a, a behavior contract sample. I choose, now this is something that the Pathfinder would have to write out. I choose to, and then they have to write out so that I can participate in club activities. And they, it has to be dated and signed by the Pathfinder, then the parent, and then the leader. So, maybe things, maybe little Felix is having lots of, uh, is being very challenging. And so we end up having a conference with the parents. You're talking about behavior and looking for the plan for the future. You, you can say, okay, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. Now, is it who is responsible for the kid behaving? The kid. So let's put the responsibility on them. John, 
Perhaps you can share with us your future plans concerning your behavior while at the Pathfinder meetings. Who just got all the responsibility? Little Johnny. So, this is one we don't like to talk about. This isn't one I've done a lot of. I don't have a lot of experience here. Yes, and I'm very grateful. I do have one experience. And it wasn't fun. It was not fun. Situation came to light after Pathfinder Camporee that somebody had been doing things that were quite inappropriate. And that's as explicit as we need to be, okay? And uh, that we get back from the Camporee Sundays. Monday night we have a board meeting. And at that, so I'm at the board meeting and our pastor wanted to, a report, and so I told about all the wonderful things that happened in the campery and the th all the stuff, cool stuff that's coming up that we're planning on doing. And they thought I was about done, and I says, however, we do have a situation. And I went, at, went to outline um, as needed, as clearly as it needed to be without getting overly explicit so that there was no question what we were talking about or who we were talking about. And so I just dropped this bomb on the board. And there was silence in the room. And then this older gentleman in the back who had been a school administrator in public schools for years and sat in on, uh, was also involved in the local church school, he said, that reminds me of a situation a few years ago and maybe if we had acted right away, we'd have lost one instead of four. There was a more than challenging home life. Um, and, and some of that came up because one of the elders knew very, 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 very well was involved in working with the family, such as it was. And in the course of the conversation, in the board, he commented that they really shouldn't have custody of those three kids. But, shortly after, it was a very quiet time in the board meeting, but the board supported the idea with a vote that he would have to leave the club. And then I got to break the news to them when they came. Not fun. 
but it needed to be done. But it was a lot easier to do it because I had talked to my board and they supported me. And the comments that one gentleman made about if we had done it sooner in the school with that one kid, we wouldn't have lost the others. That helped me a lot. So then when this child is suspended, do you see anything with the other family? Fair question. Very fair question. Um, okay, the, the question is, did I, uh, sh so uh, little Felix is now gone. Do we talk about this to the rest of the club? Fair question, and this is where Dave didn't do a lot, okay? His siblings did continue to attend. Um, you know, dad, um, who was not the actual father, um, had brought the kids to, to the meeting, and um, I literally met them in the car, and uh, I two went in, and I had the one guy, we'll call him Felix, stay in the car so he could be there. And oh, he had done nothing. He had done nothing. But yeah. And so the, the father asked for clarification on, on a several points, you know. And um, no, his sisters, I think, overheard part of it. But we didn't talk about it to the whole club. Maybe I should have. Um, Dave's not real good with words sometimes. I'll be honest. He's not. Uh, and I didn't have a prepared report for the club, other than what our the regular meeting stuff was, um, because we still needed. We were, we're still going to do what we had to do. We got. We had to do it without him. Um, and I didn't have an axe to grind against the kid, but with what had what had happened, no, he can't be that. Is no. He was not pure, kind, and true, and it's. I'll just leave it in there. This is okay. She just she just used the words I w wish I would have thought of. She said, and for the benefit of the recording, she said, some of you may have at the Camp Re have may have noticed some things that weren't appropriate, and because of some inappropriate things. Felix isn't with us. That's a loose restatement of what you said, but yeah, I wish I could come up with words like that when I need them. Um, yes. Okay, for the benefit of the recording, there was a there's a club that that had somebody whose parents uh, who came from a, from a non-Christian home, and uh, the boy had had uh, problems with violence and uh, after they had worked with him for a while and he wasn't responding enough so ended up having to have him leave the club. How do you, what can you still do for the kid? You can always pray for the kid. You can tell them 
that you're praying for them. And there are, for some people, there is life outside of Pathfinders. Um, on occasions, my wife has tried to remind me of it. She thought it was taking over everything. Um, but uh, sometimes we can find other avenues. You know, Pathfinders doesn't work for everybody. Um, I wish it did. It doesn't work for everybody. Uh, and maybe there is something else you can do with them uh, outside of the club. Uh, but you're going to have to do it in such a structure to protect yourself as well. You're not, it's, you know, um, for instance, I'm not going to go on a camping trip with him alone. You know, that, no, that doesn't work. Uh, you'd have to structure it with, you know, but he, you said he liked camping, and he's, not, he's probably not going to have a chance to do that. Maybe uh, if there's a men's ministry group uh, in the church, some of them can take him on as a project, and maybe some of them can work with him and do things with him, and maybe some others in a, with a different structure than Pathfinders. Maybe you can minister it to them that way. Um, but get in some knee time, talk with your pastor, um, talk with youth directors. Um, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, trust me. Um, we, we want Let's go back to the beginning uh, of, of the presentation. We want our kids to learn to, to do, to control themselves. We want them to learn to make the choices that they need that are going to be appropriate in their lives. And this is why he talks about they need to learn to reason from cause uh, and effect. If I do this, what's going to happen? You know. If I push this bottle over, what's going to happen? Yep. You know what else might happen? It, that one is made out of plastic. There might be other consequences that can happen also that, that weren't anticipated. I, I, and it looks like it, we're not going to see it, but the whole reason that bottle was on there was to hold this paper down so the fan didn't blow it off. You're getting cold? Okay. So, okay. So, here's some questions you can ask yourself. So, did I use appropriate verbal interactions? Did I give a warning ticket? Did I provide an opportunity for isolation in a written contract? Did I meet with the parents? If so, then maybe you can have a letter like this. We're ending up with 
the part of the discipline stuff that we don't want to do. We hopefully, through organization and working with them, on the front end, we don't end up with this stuff, right? What is our goal? Leading children to Christ. That is our goal. That is our goal. And sometimes, you know, just like in the exercise, we end up needing to do some things that we really don't want to do. If you remember Pastor Harris talking about that one campfire, he had to do something he didn't want to do. The Holy Spirit was prompting him to talk to that guy. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to, you know. But then he did. And what came out of it? A baptism. And not only one. There was one. That one. Yeah, there was that one. But he learned something when he did that. He learned how. Nobody had ever taught him what to do. And that's why he's sharing it with us. And because he had a first one, he could have a second one. Make sense? These things can build. Yeah. I just wanted to make a comment on, on these last items. Because we had an incident where there were more than one involved. There were some legal things. And when we had our first meeting to stop gossip and all the talk, we as a group talked to the directors. We talked to Basically, the, they told the uh, club, but no names were mentioned because they were minors. You know, but we did like have a quick discussion uh, of you know some of the facts that were known facts, and then it was addressed that way. And that way, you don't get your club walking around gossiping because of the nature of what happened. You know, we What's the best cure for gossip? Truth. Yeah. And like he was just saying, sometimes you don't want to use names. And um, yes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it will be obvious. But uh, yeah. Any other comments? So, now comes the part I don't like. We have to say goodbye. This has been fun. You know, I didn't expect to have as much fun doing these things as I am. But I remember two years ago, we got to the end, and, you know, the, I'm not good with names. I, I, I know I will never be good with names. But I can. I have a lot of friends I don't know the names of, but I know what club they go to sometimes. <laughs> and uh, it's fun getting to know Pathfinders. 
And I always, I can remember as a leader getting very, very, very discouraged with frustrations of sometimes from kids, frequently from kids' parents. And uh, going to the workshop and meeting with other pathfinders that I hadn't seen other staff that I hadn't seen from the fair and just getting a lot of encouragement from them. And it's payback time and that's what I'm part of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to encourage you folk. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I haven't even heard all the questions. But uh, although I may not be your area coordinator, I want you to feel free to contact me if you want to. I maybe have the answer, I maybe don't, but if there's an issue in your club or how do I teach the, the shell honor? Do you know anybody with helps to the shell? You know, you can hit me with questions and the worst thing I can say is, I have no clue. <laughs> but, but, you know, I do have I, I do have a few computer files that I'm more than willing to share. Um, so, it's been good. Uh, she, she just says, what's my number? So, I'm out of business cards. A lot of you have my email. Okay, and email is david.r.christensen at gmail.com. So, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, it's been good to be together. We've had a lot of fun together, but we're looking forward to having fun with you. We want to have a whole bunch of kids with us when we do it. Now we ask that you'll be with each one of these leaders, that they can take all the things that they have learned this week not only here, but in all the other meetings that they've attended, and that they can have souls in your kingdom. We ask this in 9 a.m. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.